listening to the PharmaXL podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network with over 100,000 downloads a month. and a fellow pharmacist. And on this show, I want to help you unlock your potential and flourish as a pharmacist. We'll cover everything in pharmacy, from ways to own your career to self-care, to insights in digital health, pharmacogenomics, and beyond. So PharmDs, stay tuned, because your journey to be inspired to own and excel in your pharmacy career starts here now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season two of the FarmXL podcast. This season is called Your Career, Your Way. This season is a short one, just squeezing it in before the Christmas and New Year because I want to give you the inspiration to head into the new year with a new mindset about your career. We all know it and say it a lot leading up to every new year. New year, new start. But sometimes we may not know exactly where to start, especially when it comes to something like your career, or in other words, your financial future, which is what is at stake. It's kind of important to get that right. I did a poll to know what you wanted to hear from me this season, whether you wanted me to talk about my own career from retail to telepharmacy to pharmacogenomics and everything in between, from writing to podcasting and the steps I took to get there. The other option would be to give you a career strategy framework over a few episodes. I didn't want to disappoint any listeners, so I decided to capture both in this season because they tie to each other pretty closely. So this season is six episodes long. In the first two episodes, you'll get my career journey and pathway, followed by a career strategy that'll give you some guidance to putting some plans to advance your career. So let's dive into this episode or episode one. The journey from a student pharmacist to retail pharmacist to almost quitting on pharmacy. I have to admit, it's not exactly easy being a pharmacy student. Between assignment deadlines and exams, we hardly have time to reflect on the purpose for which we landed in pharmacy in the first place, let alone explore what's actually out there for us in terms of career pathways when we actually get past the hurdle of being a student and graduate. And so what happens when we graduate is we just follow the conventional pathways. We either end up in hospital or retail pharmacy because really we have no idea what else is there for us out there. So what happens with me um, when I was a student is hospital really appealed, just like it appeals to everybody else in pharmacy. And I think in some countries they call it a residency. So because that was the pathway that everybody else was competing for, I thought, well, that sounds like me. So I applied for a hospital role. There was only one hospital uh, which was taking what we describe or what we call interns here. So I was an intern. I was heading into my intern year. I was up against probably about another 50 other pharmacists for uh, this one hospital. And luckily, I got accepted as one of the top five candidates. But I didn't make it past the interview. Interestingly, now I, I, I outperform everybody else who I competed with for that role. So this is a gentle reminder, don't look upon rejection as a determinant of what you're capable of. Rejection is nothing but redirection. It's kind of life's way of telling you, I have something better in store for you, if only you were courageous enough to look for it and find it. Back to my journey. I lost the hospital pharmacy role. Um, I was not the chosen pharmacist, um, they chose another two people. And along my journey, as I was a pharmacist, or 
prior to being a student, I was working as a retail assistant. And in that pharmacy, when I was working as a retail assistant over the summer holidays, I think I worked there for a couple of summer holidays, the manager at that pharmacy or the dispensary manager promised me a role in that pharmacy. And I had my hopes up. I thought, well, I lost hospital. Now I have a backup I can go to. But here is the interesting part. They also declined me last minute and accepted another candidate for that role due to conflict between the hiring manager and the dispensary manager. So my backup role was gone and they didn't let me know this until uh, all other positions in retail pharmacy were filled up. With only a few months to start my internship and all my colleagues had their internships sorted, I still did not have an internship position. Now, if I did not have an internship position, it meant I could not register that year or the following year, at the end of the following year, as a pharmacist. So I was in a lot of despair. Everyone else had theirs sorted. I was overdue to sort out a workplace for my internship and I did not have one. Adding to that complexity was the fact that I was really homesick after being away from home for four years as a student and I really wanted an internship site where my parents and my home was because I just wanted to be back home. That same year I also got married. You can imagine the stress. First year marriage, first year practicing as a pharmacist under supervision to qualify. It was all too much for me and there were times that I was pretty tearful. I was an excelling student yet I could not find a role as an intern pharmacist. There was no one that could take me. With three months to start the internship, I was really messed up and short on time. In the middle of my final year exams when I received an email from a rural pharmacy site wanting to hire an intern. So New Zealand is made up of two islands. For those of you who I don't know where I am, I live in New Zealand, the North Island and the South Island. I lived in the South Island. The person who sent me this email was a pharmacy manager or pharmacy owner and they were in the North Island. With no other options and despite me being very homesick, there were no other sites offering a position. I had no choice but to go up and be interviewed. They had no other candidate supply, obviously, but me, because everybody else had theirs sorted. And I didn't have another site but them, so I did not have a choice. We were both just as desperate. They wanted an intern and I wanted a position. In the middle of my final year exams, I flew up north a whole day round trip, time that I should have been studying for my final exams. And here I was up and down the country in a terrible mess. The proprietor interviewed me and I questioned if I should sign the contract there and then. I was desperate to secure that position. Despite that it was in a different city and I was de desperate to be home, I really did not have any other option. I, I couldn't afford to lose this position as that would have meant I would have to wait another year for the next intern intake. That would be a year of my life that was wasted. So the pharmacy owner's exact words were, no, you go get your exams out of the way and have a holiday and I'll send you the contract when you finish your exams. Don't stress about that now. I left the pharmacy pondering whether it was all true and whether I really did secure that position. I was very anxious. And here I was back to my dorm room and back to my box and back to my study to complete my final exams in a total mess despair and extreme levels of anxiety. A month rolls on with exams finished and I head away on an overseas holiday. Luckily, I had formed a candid relationship with one of my university lecturers, the kind of thing that happens when you put in effort at university. So they reached out to me while I was on an overseas holiday. This is when internships are meant to start in the month. 
He reached out to me to say that there's a proprietor or a pharmacy owner in the same city I live in, or where home is, who is in desperate need for an intern. This kind of shows the power of prayer because I prayed so much in that month. He got in touch with me and I did my interview on Skype. Yeah, kind of remember Skype? <laughs> and I was hired there and then. Well, he really had no choice because there was no other applicants and he wanted an intern because, well, I guess he was short-staffed or he just needed an intern. Whatever the reason was, he needed me and I was really desperate. And so I started my internship. My internship was painful. It was a tumultuous time for me. I just went through so much scrutiny. It was tough. I always felt like I was inadequate and insufficient. It was a challenging year and I saw no end in sight. I have no idea how I made it through. There were many times when I went home crying, wanting to quit. I don't think I ever have or ever will feel this scrutinized in my entire career. My preceptor really cared about me, but he was just so tough. I finished my internship and I escaped the burnout of that work environment. He was a great guy and passionate about making me the best pharmacist I can be. And to be honest, if it wasn't for that scrutiny, maybe I wouldn't be where I am now. In all honesty, I think I wouldn't be here without that pressure put on me because what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger. I didn't really appreciate it at the time. I guess in some ways I do appreciate it now because it gave me the resilience, the tenacity, and the courage to just keep going despite the hardships. And I finally registered as a pharmacist in 2008. And so at the end of that year, it was time to move on. I just couldn't sustain the environment I was working in. And sometimes you just need a new beginning after a really, really hard year. The problem is that I think that when we are under so much stress, sometimes we make the decisions to move on and they're not exactly the right decisions for us at the time. Or we leave uh, out of misery and turmoil and we just want an escape. And so what we end up doing is making even more drastic decisions because we make them from a point of stress rather than a point of calm and being informed and actually thinking thoroughly about our next step. So I guess a tip for you from uh, from this point uh, of my journey is don't ever make career transitions out of stress. Make sure that you've had a holiday before you make a career decision when you're desperate. Do not make career decisions when you're desperate because they will have nasty or sometimes they may have nasty consequences, but they may not be exactly what you want or what aligns with where you want to head in the future or your ultimate goal. So... I made the decision to move on. I applied for a role in another retail pharmacy, a corporate store with sales targets and all these things. And I loved it. Uh, It was really vibrant. Um, It was a busy dispensary. I learned a lot. It was a bigger team. But I felt there was misalignment between patient care and targets. As you can see, or as you know, in some of these corporate stores, there are some sales targets they have to achieve. And so there was a mismatch between me wanting to spend a lot of time talking to patients and giving them advice, but also meeting my targets. Sadly, I also encountered workplace harassment, and I was picked on because I was the youngest pharmacist there, and there was a lot of bullying, and I felt there was little avenue for me to speak up. Because I was early on in my career, I felt disempowered, and I just had no idea where to go for help. And so 
I kept it all inside me for about a year and it really got to me and I felt powerless, but I kept going. However, I got tired by the end of that year um, because I also had to give up my weekends for working. So I had very little time to spend with my family or to socialize. And that can also put a lot of drain on us. Uh, as much as money is important, I think well-being uh, and taking care of ourselves is really important. Some people think it's early on in my career or some pharmacists think that, you know, early on in my, our careers, we need to prove ourselves and we need to give up whatever uh, we can to stabilize our careers. And I think that is so wrong because you're building up your career on good foundation and if you burn sorry if you build it from a place of uh, burnout and stress just to prove yourself I think that's a really wrong foundation because you end up hating your career but it's not really the you know the profession that you hate so much it's the fact that you're practicing it in a way that doesn't align with your goals and with your mental and psychological health anyway after one year in that pharmacy I transitioned to another retail environment a more flexible one which allows allowed me to have uh, every two weekends off and the manager there uh, was uh, most of the time very good to me. Um, we did have our ups and downs, but I think that is just part of, uh, you know, the environment we operate in as pharmacists. And he thought I had really good potential. And one day there was a role that was advertised by the Pharmacy Council of New Zealand for a pharmacist to join uh, a professional conduct committee as a member. Now, professional conduct committees are the committees that uh, undertake investigations and complaints against pharmacists to identify uh, whether the pharmacist is, uh, you know, guilty of misconduct or not, and so on. For some reason, or not for some reason, I was really, um, I was really good at verifying prescriptions, and I was very meticulous, very uh, well organized. I always call errors. I was really good with patients, and he thought I was a really good fit for that role. So he wrote me a letter of endorsement and application for that position. And I was appointed to that position. And that was only three years into my pharmacy career. And I was the youngest member in that pool of pharmacists who ever got hired. So for a pharmacist only three years into practice to be appointed for such a role, I think was uh, really impressive. And I was really proud of myself uh, to, to gain that position. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after the break. Hey pharmacists, I'm interrupting this podcast to bring you some phenomenal news. I'm working on something super exciting to elevate your pharmacy career. Head over to www.katrinaazer.com to find out more and join the waitlist if you're interested. It was also during that uh, tenure in my career as a pharmacist that I had my two daughters uh, while working full time, sadly. Um, and I think that is also another lesson that I wish I could go back and reverse or another uh, decision that I could go back and reverse. And that is don't ever, ever give up time with your children for your career. I think because I was really early on in my career. And as I said before, we really endeavor in those early years to stabilize our career and prove ourselves and our value. We put it uh, ahead of our families and ahead of time with our families and ahead of our self-care and well-being. And I wish I could go back and work less in that time in my career. So I had my two daughters while working full time. I did take a, a very brief maternity leave. But in all honesty, I wish I had taken a lot more time off. And I focused too much on my career growth, and I don't think I should have um, as much as I did. 
So then it becomes a problem of, or in that um, in that time in my career, I was giving up too many of my weekends still for work, and I really wanted to transition to a role which allowed me time off in the weekends to dedicate to my uh, spending time with my family and my two daughters. And so I was on the lookout for another role, and luckily um, I off I was offered a management role in a new retail pharmacy that was just getting built. It was brand new. And I think this shows the importance of building also a good professional reputation because in that role, I did not uh, apply or there wasn't a position that was advertised. I just had really good reputation in the industry. And so when the position um, came up, you know, the owner just reached out to me and said, do you want to do this for me? And I, you know, I couldn't put, turn it down, of course, because I was desperate to get my weekends back. So I applied for that role in that pharmacy and, well, I didn't apply. I got appointed to that role or or accepted for that role in that pharmacy and became the manager of this new pharmacy, which was starting up. And so it was an opportunity to shape the services and shape the workflow and shape everything. It was a really, really good learning uh, curve for me. Um, The five years that I spent working in that pharmacy as a, a pharmacist manager, so it was the next level in my career. In those five years in that pharmacy as well, uh, I was appointed to an early career pharmacist steering group. I was one of the very uh, vocal young pharmacists who uh, was advocating for better working conditions for uh, pharmacists. And that probably came about or was underpinned by my experience in getting bullied and harassed in one of my earlier workplaces and just having a really tough time. Uh, building my career as a young pharmacist and it was something I was really passionate about so I got accepted in the early career uh, steering group by the Pharmaceutical Society of New Zealand as one of the founding members of a white paper that um, highlighted some principles for for uh, for uh, the industry to advance early career pharmacists. And so in that time also, um, one of the greatest things or the best things that I've done was designing new services. So I collaborated with some physiotherapists, local physiotherapists on what I um, what we called the Osteoarthritis Educational Initiative or project. The project was around enhancing the health outcomes of patients with osteoarthritis, uh, in terms of uh, advising them about the role of medications, the no- role of non-steroidals and opioids, how to do uh, manual therapy and stretching exercises, the sessions were provided by osteo, uh, sorry, by physiotherapists, and um, taking them on walking groups, um, letting them know the outcomes of surgery and the prognosis for surgery, and uh, talking to them. A dietitian was talking to them about diet. Anyway, all round up from that project is that it won an award in the New Zealand Primary Healthcare Awards in 2020. And that was also uh, an area where I leveraged or maximized on my knowledge as a medication expert, but also learned a lot in terms of project management and how to lead a successful project and how to collaborate with people outside uh, our role as pharmacists or other healthcare providers. I know sometimes we do we do collaborate and mainly with uh, practitioners, sorry, with healthcare practitioners like general practitioners or medical doctors, but it's seldom that we look out for collaboration with other healthcare providers like physiotherapists, for example. And so there's huge potential for us pharmacists to uh, you know, break down those walls, those silos, and just look for opportunities to cooperate and, and collaborate with our local healthcare practitioners on initiatives that advance uh, patient patient care. 
One of the other things I also did in that pharmacy was work on a mental health initiative in the pharmacy and enhancing um, staff well-being. And out of my tumultuous journey as a pharmacist early on, uh, mental health of staff was paramount for me. I really focused on, on that because I, although did not openly declare it, I think I was very mentally disturbed and very... Uh, anxious as a young pharmacist, I guess just not knowing where to seek help or how. And so that was something that was really fundamental for me in my leadership uh, as a team leader and manager. I really wanted to put mental health uh, at the forefront of uh, of staff care. And also that initiative won another award in the Primary Healthcare Awards. So I was a double award winner in the New Zealand Primary Healthcare Awards in 2020. And it didn't come easily. There was a lot of hard work that went behind the scenes. Uh, but that, again, was a feather in my hat um, as a pharmacist. And so in 2018, uh, a position or there was a call for health practitioners to apply for membership or for being a pharmacist on the uh, Pharmacy Council of New Zealand board. So it was time to um, appoint the next uh pool of pharmacists to the board and so I came across this position about three hours before the deadline and I was like that kind of sounds like me I already had that experience being a professional conduct committee member on the pharmacy council and so I quickly got my CV together and applied uh, after uh, my colleagues you know some of my colleagues said you really should get you know get in there and apply for this because you're a perfect candidate and you know you had the leadership skills and so on and so I applied with three hours left before the deadline. I did not hear back for a very, very long time, about eight months. And so eight months later, I received that call uh, from the Ministry of Health. And um, I have to admit that call nearly made me have a heart attack because I thought I've done something drastically wrong when you have someone at the other end of the phone telling you they're from the Ministry of Health. But it turned out that they were appointing me to the pharmacy, or the Minister of Health has appointed me as a board member of the Pharmacy Council of New Zealand, and that's when I got appointed. I think that was back in 2018. And that was the beginning of another tenure or another um, point in my journey as a member of the Pharmacy Council of New Zealand at a governance body. And I have just learned so much in terms of strategy and and um, governance in that role more than I would have ever thought I would learn. Sadly, a couple of years later, in the look in the city that I lived in called Christchurch, we also had a mosque shooting, and so I did a lot in. And uh, well, it was a terror attack. Um, someone went into a mosque and just decided to kill fifty people. You know. Um, anyway, out of that um, heinous attack, uh, I had to support a lot of people in my community who were affected by the mosque shooting, who lost family members and so on, and I advocated heavily for those minority groups. And because of that, I was also appointed as a multicultural advisory group mem uh, chair at the uh, local city council. And because I had that previous governance experience being on the Pharmacy Council of New Zealand role, uh, or sorry, board role, I um, I easily fitted their criteria for application to that position, and I was uh, doing my best. It was a voluntary position, so not anything I got paid for. But uh, I want to conclude this episode by saying it is really important that you have commitment or um, not commitment, some type of volunteering role in your community, because not only does it benefit you as a person when you you know you can give back to your community, 
there is just so much that you can that you will learn from it and it also is a re a big career building step i know people often look at positions when you're not actually getting paid as oh you know but i'm not really getting paid for this why should i do it but please don't look early on in your career don't look for doing everything for money um, because you do need to build some skills and out of that position i built so uh, much in the way of connections with people in my community and of course when you're a pharmacist and you offer them those services it kind of is a double whammy because you're uh, not only in you know um, planting yourself in that community at a deeper level but you're also uh, selling your skills because people often come to you and like oh yeah you know need your help as a pharmacist and so on so it is really important that you um, do take up those uh, volunteer positions when they are available because they feed into your career strategy, which we'll talk about in the episode after next. Anyway, for now, I think I have talked enough about this part of my journey. Next time or in the next episode, I will be delving deeper into how I found my nation pharmacy and how I transitioned out of retail. It will be a really exciting episode and it will be the episode when there will be a lot of action because that is where my career really takes shape. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one. You've been listening to the Farmixel podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and give us a review of this podcast. Feel free to send us your questions and comments to discuss on the show. And join me next week for another amazing conversation. Thank you for listening.